Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This would have happened in the late 90s. My dad and I decided to duck hunt a marsh not too far from the town he lived in. It was a good spot and late in the season, so we got there real early to get a good spot. As I remember it, nobody else was there, so we walk in a couple hundred yards and proceed tossing out decks in the dark. We weren't talking initially, but both noted the lack of sound coming from the refuge, which we know is loaded with ducks and geese. There is a smaller marsh straight south, about two miles, and birds generally fly between the two places in the morning. As we were finishing with decoys, I noticed a point of light going in a huge square pattern off in the distance. I figure above that other marsh, pointed it out to my dad, and said, Why would someone be up lighting fireworks today? At 4 a.m.? We kind of shrugged, but continued to watch it. This light was like a sparkler in the dark. It was a point of light changing color from blue to yellow to green and had a kind of trailing effect like someone writing a letter with a sparkler in the dark. Then it switched to doing a triangle shape and changing from red to pink to purple. It sped up and continued doing this for what seemed like forever, but was probably no more than a minute or two. Then it just got dark again. We just kind of said that was weird and went to grass in a couple spots on shore. 
We get set down to wait for daylight and notice off in the horizon to our east, the entire horizon had a similar point of light, alternating the reddish colors, then the bluish colors, then back again. It would light up and shut off, then move to another spot and flash and so on and so on to make a checkerboard pattern. It was doing this at a crazy speed and working its way back and forth to the west and toward us. It moved faster and faster until it was seemingly just across the pond and it suddenly stopped. It was completely dark for a second and then it was like a super bright flash of white light lit up the whole world like an asteroid and flew over our head from east to west. Never made a sound the entire time. The weird thing about this whole story is that at the time we didn't really say anything to each other. It was weird to say the least. You'd think we would have been talking about it. In fact, we never said a thing about it, even though I still think about it. Until a couple years ago, after a few drinks on Christmas, we both recall it the same way, and both find it weird how nonchalantly we acted after it. I have no idea what that was. I didn't see a ship or aliens or something. It definitely wasn't Northern Lights. I have seen those, but I, I can't explain it. My name is Tom, and I'm a park ranger at Yosemite National Park. It's my job to protect the park's wildlife and ensure that visitors follow the rules. But when I stumbled upon evidence of illegal hunting in the woods, I knew that something was seriously wrong. I followed the trail of broken branches and disturbed underbrush and soon discovered a group of hunters huddled around a map. They were talking in hushed tones, and I couldn't make out what they were saying. But when they noticed me standing there, they quickly packed up their gear and tried to make a run for it. I managed to catch up with them and demanded to see what they were hunting. At first, they were hesitant to show me, but eventually they revealed that they were tracking Bigfoot. I was shocked. I knew that hunting was forbidden, but Bigfoot, are they messing with me or are they high? In any case, I decided to play their game and I tell them that Bigfoot hunting was strictly forbidden in the park and I told the hunters that they needed to leave immediately, but they didn't listen. They were determined to catch the creature and make a fortune selling it to the highest bidder. For the next few days, I tried to keep an eye on the hunters, but they were crafty. They moved through the woods quickly and quietly, leaving no trace behind, and then one day they disappeared entirely. I searched the area for any signs of them, but they were nowhere to be seen. It was as if they had vanished into thin air. If they found Bigfoot, I guess that creature eaten them. As a park ranger, I thought I had seen everything the woods had to offer. But that was before I stumbled upon the artifact. It was buried deep in the woods, buried beneath a pile of leaves and twigs. I almost missed it, but something about the way it glinted in the sunlight caught my eye. I dug it up with my bare hands and as soon as I held it in my grasp, I knew that it was something special. It was a strange device with a series of buttons and knobs that I had never seen before. But as I examined it more closely, I started to realize that it was attracting something, something dangerous. At first, I thought it was just my imagination, but as I walked through the woods, I could feel a presence behind me, watching my every move. It was like a predator stalking its prey. I tried to shake the feeling, but it only grew stronger, 
and then it attacked me. It was like nothing I had ever seen before. It was fast and agile, with razor-sharp teeth and claws. It moved through the woods with lightning speed, and I could barely keep up. I tried to defend myself, but my gun was no match for the creature's speed and agility. It seemed to be drawn to the artifact, and it wouldn't stop until it had taken it back. As I ran through the woods, I realized that I was hopelessly outmatched. The predator was faster, stronger, and more determined than I could have ever imagined. And as it closed in on me, I knew that my time was running out. But then something strange happened. The artifact in my hand started to glow, and the predator recoiled in fear. It was like the device had some kind of power over the creature, something that it couldn't resist. I took my chance and ran, running as fast as I could through the woods. I didn't look back, but I could feel the predator's presence behind me growing weaker with each passing moment. When I finally made it back to the ranger station, I was shaken and confused. I had never encountered anything like that before, and I had no idea what to do next. But I knew one thing for sure. The artifact was dangerous, and I couldn't let it fall into the wrong hands. I locked it away in a secure location, knowing that it would always be a threat, lurking in the shadows of the woods. And to this day, I can still feel the predator's presence stalking me from the depths of the forest. I know that I got lucky that I narrowly escaped with my life, but I also know that there are things out there that we can't explain, things that we may never fully understand, and that terrifies me more than anything. This incident occurred in Memphis, Tennessee. I started my career as a Memphis police officer a few years previously in the 1980s. I was on a special assignment at the time. It was 2 a.m., and it was a clear summer night, but quite humid. I was in my personal vehicle with the top down and the radio playing. I was still in my uniform, including my bulletproof vest and a gun belt with all the regular equipment attached to it. I was heading south on Covington Pike at a good rate of speed and was the only one on the road. This part of the road connects the Raleigh-Bartlett area to the Burr-Clair area. The road is slightly elevated as the surrounding area is low and running through it. It is the Wolf River, which is a few miles from here and connects to the Mississippi River. This area is commonly referred to by the locals as the Wolf River Bottoms these days. As I was driving in my peripheral vision over to my right just outside my headlight beams, I noticed something was moving fast directly toward the front of my car. I immediately slammed on the brakes, thinking that a deer was running across the road. But I couldn't have been more wrong. It came to a screeching halt right in the middle of the road, right in front of my headlights, not more than seven feet from my bumper. As we both froze in place, staring at each other for several seconds, it appeared to be three to four feet tall, but was also crouched. It could have been closer to five if it stood straight up, but I got the impression that its current body posture was its normal way of standing. It had a large head, at least compared to its skinny, slender body. It appeared to be dark gray and greenish in color, similar to the color of an alligator, but the appearance of its skin looked like a similar texture to a human. It had dark, large, oval eyes on each side of the upper part of its face, running slanted from the top portion of its head to about the midsection of its head. 
It was kind of pointing inward to where you would expect a nose to be. However, from what I could tell, there was no distinct nose. At least none, like a human. Below the eyes was a very thin, dark, almost black line, which I assumed was its mouth. It ran from about the same location a human's mouth would be, however. The line ran straight across the lower face in front, and then turned upward and slightly back on the head. It had no ears it could see. Its body and chest area were rounded like a human, but vastly smaller, almost like a child's. Its arms appeared to be longer and somewhat disproportionate to its body, and they were skinny and had an insect-type look to them. I could make out hands, but they were also completely folded at the wrist joint. The legs were long because even with this thing's shortness, I could make out the top of them, even with it so close to the bumper, which was obscuring the bottom half somewhat. They were like the arms, thin and insect-like, but appeared to be jointed. I did notice its chest area moving slightly like it was breathing, but it seemed slow and steady. I never noticed anything like genitalia. There was no hair any place that I could see, and I'm not even sure if it was wearing any type of clothing. If it was, it would have had to be skin tight. I never noticed a tail at any point. My adrenaline was pumping, and it was only a brief period of observation. It again took off like a shot, and it was out of my headlights. I could still make out its outline in the darkness, and it was moving like a sprinter. It leaped over the guardrail onto the other side of the road and down the embankment. I will admit that this was not the only bizarre incident that I had during my career, but it definitely was the strangest. I never told anyone on the force about the encounter. In fact, I only mentioned it to a close friend during these many years. I can only identify it as a lizard man or an unknown humanoid. I would have never believed it unless I actually witnessed it. We were walking around Dawn's elk ranch. Then all of a sudden, all of the elk started running around frantically. Me and my friend thought it was a cougar or something. We sat there for 20 minutes at least. Every one of the elk were looking back at where they came from, which I thought was really weird. Then all of a sudden, I swear to God I saw it. I swear to God, Bigfoot, it was a hairy ape-man looking thing. It was about eight to eight, six foot tall very muscular and walked on its hind legs. It was walking in a fast pace like it needed to be somewhere in a hurry. I grabbed my shotgun and shot two in the air. It ran straight for the brush and we never seen it again. The smell of the thing smelt like Hennessy garbage and shit mixed together. When I fired the first shot it picked up a big rock and flung it at us. Too bad we were 100 yards away. He came pretty close to hitting us. That's when I laid down the law. I piped another shell and laid it right on him. That's when he took off. That's when last I seen of him or her. I used to work on Vandenberg Air Force Base in Central California. My office was on top of the mountain that was ceremonial to my land. Whenever ground was broken, we had to have a religious leader come out and bless the ground first. It's usually pretty foggy about halfway up the mountain, and I got used to driving it every day, but you have to keep an eye out for deer, mountain lions, bears, all sorts of wildlife. 
one night at about 11 p.m. I was driving down the mountain and had just gotten to the point that the fog was gone. In front of me was clear and behind was just a wall of fog. As I got to a sharp turn, I saw what I thought was a large coyote in the road, so I slammed on my brakes. It looked like it had no fur and was covered in pale leathery skin with a dog-like head. As I looked at it, it rose up on its hind legs. It was hunched over it maybe six feet tall. But if it was standing straight, I'd guess seven feet. It turned and looked right at me and slowly walked off the road into the brush. At the time, I was doing a class about Native Americans for my degree and was in touch with Chumash members. For my project, I asked them if they knew anything about it, and they simply said, we don't talk about that. To this day, I'm 100% sure I saw a skinwalker that night. That sound brought one of my brothers into the house to alert the rest of the family to come hear this. We went outside and stood in the driveway and heard the most frightening guttural roar you can imagine. This accompanied the pounding on the wood object. This lasted several minutes. The evening was clear, warm, and without wind. I do not remember a moon. Neither brother could explain what was happening, and I recall being scared out of my wits. When the sound subsided, the family returned inside. The incident was not discussed in front of me again. As a child, I was privileged to live in this remote, beautiful area and be allowed to run free. Sometime later, a boyfriend and I observed what we were told must have been a bear in a thicket of alder trees near the house. The feces found there later contained crawdad shells and berry seeds with a horrible odor. But the creature we saw was not a bear. The hard, dry ground showed no tracks. Our fathers were loggers and we were well versed in the local wildlife. While this all happened a very long time ago, I still get cold chills remembering those sounds. Years later, my fiancé and I were driving north on Oregon Highway 101 near Cape Perpetua, north of Florence, Oregon. The highway was narrow, two lane with the Pacific Ocean on the west and steep rock cliffs on the east. I was watching the moon over the ocean turn sidewise facing the ocean. A very large black creature rose from a cleft in the cliff and towered over the little car we were in. My fiancé yelled, What the hell was that? I only caught a glimpse of the thing through my peripheral vision, but it was huge and very fast. I suppose we surprised it as much as it surprised us. It terrified me. My fiancé searched for a place to turn around as he wanted to go back, and I refused to let him. We were armed with what suddenly seemed to be a very small weapon, considering the size of the creature. When we returned home, my fiancé told his father about the encounter. His father told us of the rancher at the foot of the capes, also on Highway 101, who had been riding to check on his cattle when he heard a cow bellowing in agony. His horse became nervous, but he forced it on and found a very large hairy animal chewing on the live cow. He carried a thirty-six rifle and shot the creature. It stood up and ran off on two legs. He followed until he lost a trail of blood in the rocky terrain. This is the first time I have ever heard of someone shooting and wounding one of these creatures. It is also the first time I have heard of this creature eating the meat of any animal.
Our encounter was in the late evening with clear skies and a full moon. My fiancé saw the creature in the headlights and had a great view of it. He knew it was not a bear and didn't think it was a human in a pursuit. Facial features did not have a snout and the arms were too long for a bear's front legs. I was too terrified to grasp any features. I've never felt fear like that before or since. In late spring, I went for an overnight hike up Icehouse Canyon on Mount Baldy east of Los Angeles with my girlfriend. We set up camp a few miles in and a snowstorm hit that night and it just kept snowing for two days and nights. We weren't prepared at all for snow, so we decided to wait it out in a small two-person tent for two extra days and nights. It ended up dropping a little under four feet of snow and the trail was just gone. So we packed it up and started wandering down the mountain. It was slow going and rough because we didn't bring enough warm clothing and were soaked to the bone. About two miles down, we made it to the canyon floor and started following the creek. But then we noticed mountain lion tracks crossing the trail in the freshly fallen snow. We had about three miles to go, so kept moving. The whole way down, we kept seeing those mountain lion tracks crossing back and forth across the trail, but never saw the beast. We knew it was watching us. It was scary as hell. We made it back to the car and were met by a ranger. Our car had been the only one in the lot for the last couple of days, and they were growing concerned, who confirmed there was indeed a mountain lion in the area. Ah, the sweet bliss of stripping down and warming up in that car. I'll never forget that little overnight trip. It was March 4th, around 7, 7.30 p.m., driving home in south-central Iowa. Going eastward, I saw a light not unlike a cell phone tower, but of a more orange-scarlet color, unlike any cell tower. Unlike any cell tower, in confusion and mild unsettlement, my mother and I watched it move and slowly flew away. As we further went to its direction, we stopped at a gas station for a quick bite to eat. And as we left, we noticed something abnormal, low-laying fog and a scent like burning metal. As we left and got into our car and began to further drive home, the smell of once-burning metal morphed into a vile sulfuric smell and then quickly changes to a pungent, mold-like scent that made our nostrils, eyes, and lungs itch and burn. So much we ended up wearing face masks in the car. And for an hour or two after, we faced lightheadedness and muscle fatigue. At first, we suspected a manufacturing plant was having difficulties. But two weeks later, no new information has shown up, just a coincidence or something more. Most of my childhood, I lived in a farmland area in southeastern Idaho with a population of 400 people. Over the years, you would hear of the spooky crap that haunts the farmers out in the fields. And there is two that stick out. One is of a Native American, was an actual dude that lifted a sprinkler pipe into a telephone line and died back in the 80s. And the other was of a strangely almost seaweed-type covered monster that would run with a spud truck in the early hours of spud truck in the early hours of spud harvest. 
Anyways, years later, I moved away, but only 15 minutes away, so I was able to keep my up with my friends there and visited regularly. One night in the summer, while driving out to see them, it was around 2 a.m., and it was pitch black out. I was speeding on a long, windy road that I always take, and when I took a bend to my passenger side, I saw what I heard as a kid. The straggly-looking monster was right there on the side of the road. It looked straight at me with its white eyes and black pupils as I stared back at it. I was going at least 70, and as I passed the monster, it sprints with my car. It was at least seven feet tall, and it was just keeping pace with my car. I went up to 90, and he's still just right next to me, sprinting while I was shitting myself. After a mile of this, the thing veers back off into the pitch black. Got to my friend's house, and I don't think I slept that night. Four years have passed since then and haven't seen it, but I still get creeped the F out when I take that bend at night. I was hunting our family farm in Wyoming. I stayed in the stand until last light and was walking back to the house. Neither mom or dad were home that night. I walk up the driveway and put my bow in the truck and start unbuckling my safety harness when I hear something strange up in the pasture behind the barn. I finish taking my harness off and walk up behind the barn and I hear the sound again. It almost sounded like one of the neighbor's young cows got stuck in the fence. I didn't think anything of it and I still had my El Chapo Walmart headlamp on so I start walking up the hill to go see what was going on. I got about three-fourths of the way up, and I heard one of the most deepest coyotes howls of my life, let out, followed by the rest of a pack. I'd say three-four total. I swear every hair on my body stood on end, and that shock of adrenaline ripped through me in my butt, headed back to the house to get a gun and a better light. I went back up there, but never against my better judgment, but didn't find anything. If I had to guess, though, I'd say those coyotes had one of the younger cows cornered, and they dispersed when they saw a herd of guy in camouflage beating feet at Usain Bolt speed down the hill to the house. I've heard that coyote with the deep howl a few times since then. Even had him howl back at me once. Never could get eyes on him, though, in person. So I'm not new to seeing the hat man, but something happened a few weeks ago that really disturbed me. I've seen that man since I was a child. Not consistently, but every once in a while. I have always been terrified of him, but I got to accept him more as I've grown up 26 female. He would sometimes talk to me, very briefly, and it was always like he was waiting for something. But a few weeks ago I had been sick, and right before I went to bed, I saw him again. Usually I would always see him as I was falling asleep or waking up. I tried to blame sleep paralysis for a long time. This time I was fully awake. There he was, just standing there in the corner of my room. I was scared, but I've gotten used to him, so I didn't totally freak out. But then he sort of pointed his finger and suddenly a woman appeared. A fully colored woman. She was in her late 30s to early 40s wearing a blue hoodie and with shortish red hair. She smiled at me and reached out her hand, and all of a sudden I realized that she had come there to take me away, because I was dying. I was so sure of this. There wasn't a doubt in my mind. I hate the thought of dying. 
I refused to go with her. I looked back at the shadow man, almost pleading with him. Then the woman moved closer to me, still with an outstretched hand, and I knew it was time. I suddenly felt really defiant and then screamed at the woman at the top of my lungs. She vanished, and I was left standing in my room, shaking. My whole family heard me scream and came running. They found me shaking with a fever. I ate something, drank something, and took a fever reducer and then went back to bed. But I can't help but feel like the hat man sent a ghost to me to harvest my soul because he knew he always scares the crap out of me. So I'm telling my mom what I saw, not about the hat man, but about the ghost. And she tells my grandma. And apparently the last owner of the house fit my description perfectly. She even wore a blue hoodie all the time. I had no idea about this beforehand, so I was shocked. She died in the house at a relatively young age, and I didn't find her body until it was already starting to decompose. So I'm not new to seeing the hat man, but something happened a few weeks ago that really disturbed me. I've seen hat man since I was a child. Not consistently, but every once in a while. I have always been terrified of him, but I got to accept him more as I've grown up. Twenty-six female. He would sometimes talk to me, very briefly, and... It was always like he was waiting for something. It was grayish or white, and it happened in Iron River, Michigan, Mineral Hills, where I was born and raised. Also, there was talk of alien abduction in the 70s, 80s, where I'm not discounting this has happened to myself or my family. It was like 11 p.m., or Midnight in 1997 or 1998, and it was not a large owl. It was far bigger. We were about to drive down a hill, and there it was out of nowhere, like it swooped down in front of the car. I want to say from one wing to the end of the next, likely eight, ten feet wide. We both screamed, and it flew into the darkness to our old mining grounds. It's almost like it came from behind us and then swooped in front of our vehicle. All I can say is that it seemed whitish-gray, and I'm not sure about the legs or feet. All I know is it was like a human, like body, and then a humongous wingspan, far larger than an owl. It is just like if my husband, who is six foot one, would be flying and have a huge wingspan. When asked by the investigator if she had previously had any encounters, the witness stated that she had not. The witness then stated that a friend of hers had reminded her that they had another encounter, approximately two weeks after the initial encounter. My friend reminded me there was a second time within weeks of that first encounter. It was flying above our old village hall, again late at night, and immediately flew out of sight. We were almost at her house, and she screamed, saying, There it is again, then flew off. Both were very fast encounters. We never investigated further. I was hiking in the Cascades in Willamette National Forest, Oregon. It was a remote area of the range. On the seventh day of my hike, the hair on the back of my neck started to stand up. I chalked it up to be a mountain lion in the area, but the weird thing was the uneasy feeling never left. That night I set up camp, planning to stay put for a few days. That is when I heard the strange howling. It wasn't wolves or bears or any other animal I'd ever heard. 
The closest thing I could relate it to is the noises primates make. This persisted for the next few nights. Something started rummaging through my campsite soon after. I assumed it was a bear or raccoon. But then on the ninth day, I woke up and my food bag was removed from the tree. Something had cut the line through. All my food was gone. I decided to break camp and push forward. I had a few days left until the end of the trail. I could always fish for food. The same nightly activities occurred on the eleventh night. By that time, I was sure that I was being followed. Something started throwing rocks at my tent. For some reason, I lost it. I screamed into the darkness for whatever it was to leave me alone. Hoping it was just some person fucking with me and maybe they'd leave me the hell alone. Instead, it grew quiet for the first time in nights. Nothing could be heard. Then a scream, louder and more vicious than any other night, cut through the silence. Then nothing, complete and utter silence again. Despite it being quiet, I wasn't able to sleep that night. I just waited. The next day, I continued my hike, dead tired, just wanting to get out, the hair on the back of my neck still standing, and the forest was still quiet. I felt like I was being hunted. Towards the end of the day, I sat down to rest before pushing a few more miles when I saw it. Something tall and large, bigger than any man or animal I had seen, sliding through the forest, not making a noise. I yelled at it. It turned to look at me. I never got a good look at it through the trees and the brush, and it was dark. I threw a rock at it and then pulled my knife. This thing just kept staring at me. I don't know what kicked in, but I no longer felt scared. Damn it! I was angry and I bluffed, charged at the thing. It stepped back a few steps, then stopped. I yelled again. This time it took off running to my left. It had long strides and was quite agile. I was very tired and made camp there. A night of silence. When I woke up the next day, I knew that I had about ten miles until the end of the trail. Exhausted, hungry, and mentally drained, I made my way out. As I got closer and closer to the end of the trail, the typical forest noises returned. I no longer had this feeling of unease. I got to the trail's end and sat in my car. I was an emotional wreck. I believe that I was stalked by a Sasquatch, but I just don't know. I told a park ranger about it, and he jokingly said they have a bunch of Sasquatch sightings in the area, but most likely it was my own imagination. I still do a lot of long hikes, but that trip was by far the worst. 